of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God rest to us, bless to us this reading from his holy word. <laughs> Maybe, may God not rest you in this sermon so that you sleep and uh, are refreshed afterwards. Or, or if that, you know, if you need to take a nap during the sermon, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, I won't be offended. Just don't snore too loudly. You know, that's all I say. When, you know, when you think about the Christmas story, think about all the things that, that people tend to celebrate about the Christmas story. You know, if I'd ask you, uh, okay, Christmas story, you know, the first thing was Jesus. I made the mistake in Youth Connect this morning. I made the mistake of saying, okay, what's, what's your, your favorite thing about Christmas? And of course, you know, somebody had to say, well, Jesus, of course. And then, then I had to say, okay, besides Jesus, you know, what's your favorite thing? So we all think about Jesus, although it's interesting, we, we tend to think of that baby lying in a manger. And it's interesting, too, to me, that there, there are many traditions that almost seem to emphasize the baby Jesus more so than the, the adult Jesus, the one who's coming soon. But, you know, this is part of Christmas, so that's okay. So we got Jesus. And then, of course, everybody's thinking of Mary. You know, we got Mary. And then, then, oh, people love the shepherds, right? The shepherds, even though these guys would have been really stinky, smelly kinds of guys, you know, but bad breath, you know, probably bad teeth and all of that. We don't have that picture, you know. We got a picture of them, you know, they're, they're all looking like George Clooney or something like that uh, out, out in the thing. But we think about the shepherds, right? And then the angels, glory to God in the highest. You know, and all the kids, they love to be angels and to play angels. Uh, you know, I'd wish I could be an angel. You know, we, we thought one time, because we've got these, the, these winches up, uh, up in the ceiling, we thought it'd be really cool to hoist a couple of children up on those winches and then gradually lower them down for the Christmas program. But we didn't think that they could stand up there for about the 20 minutes or so that they would need, you know, flying around. It wouldn't be good. But anyway, okay, so we think of the angels and everything. Uh, and then, of course, the three wise men. You know, people love to talk about the three wise men. I like to call them the three wise guys. And so you got the three wise men coming from the east with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And sometimes people will think of Herod, you know, who, who killed all the children and things like that. And we go through all of this, but probably to me, and, and we think about donkeys, right, and, and, and sheep, you know, and maybe a few chicken. No, that's a duck. Uh, anyhow, you think of all these animals and, and all around the, the Christmas thing. But you know what? Most of the time, 
we don't really think much about Joseph. It's almost like the guy is an afterthought. Uh, and when we do think about Joseph, we tend to think about Joseph only in conjunction with Mary. You know, so it's Mary and Joseph. It's never Joseph and Mary. You know, it's like, you know, he's always the second guy, even if we do think about him. Uh, or, you know, we can easily, we, we always want somebody living to play Mary, but if you need a big dummy to play Joseph, well, that means about any of us guys could play him, right? You know, it's just, eh, no, I'm just kidding. So what's the deal? Because Joseph is actually one of the primary players in the Christmas story. We don't realize that if it was not for Joseph, everything could have turned out very, very differently. I mean, after all, Joseph would have been fully within his rights when he found out that Mary was pregnant to expose her to the entire village as somebody who obviously had had sex outside of marriage, who seemed to be, you know, really a, a wanton woman, certainly not deserving of somebody like Joseph. Uh, she and her family could have been humiliated. They could have been cast out of the synagogue, cast out of the city. And, uh, and Mary may have ended up in a situation where she was even struggling to survive. Who knows in that kind of context, thank you, my good friend, who knows in that kind of context if Jesus would have even survived to, to his first birthday. This all could have happened had it not been for Joseph. And so, we're going to talk some about Joseph, not only today, but when you begin to look at his life, when you begin to look at what he did, even though he occupies such a small portion of the scripture, you begin to see how significant he really was and how the whole Christmas story, everything that unfolded was enabled to happen the way that it did because of the faith of this man named Joseph. This man who is there and quickly seems to disappear from the scripture story, this man Joseph, living by faith, is the one that enabled all of the things that unfolded to happen the way that they did. And so let's begin to look at Joseph, and as we do so, let's look at Joseph as a man of faith, and let's see in a very real terms the difference his faith made in his life because Joseph lived his life by faith just as we must live our lives by faith and I think we can challenge ourselves to see whether our faith matches up to the faith of somebody like Joseph now you might say well how do we know Joseph lived by faith well everybody lives by faith doesn't matter who you are if you're an atheist you live by faith you know, atheism is not the absence of faith. Atheism is the non-belief in God. Atheists live by faith. Scientists live by faith. Every single human being lives by faith. We all do. And Joseph was a man of faith. 
But Joseph, even though he came before Jesus as part of this Christmas story, you could really say that Joseph was a man who lived by faith, but it was really a Christian kind of faith. Now, what is Christian faith? Christian faith is really choosing to trust and to act based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways. That's what our faith is all about as the people of God. Now, of course, as Christians, that true knowledge of God and His ways comes through a relationship with God in Jesus Christ by the power of God's Holy Spirit. But obviously for Joseph, since it's before Christ, he was living by faith. He was choosing to trust and to act based on his knowledge of God and God's ways. And let's look at the difference that Joseph's faith made in this story that we read today. I mean, because you can see a number of ways that Joseph's faith made all the difference in the world. And we need the faith of Joseph. We need to live in the same kind of way and operate by the same kind of faith. First of all, the faith of Joseph led him to live righteously, just as our faith needs to lead us to live righteously. Now, the text says, uh, Joseph, he's betrothed to be married to Mary. Now, being betrothed is like a legal contract that says, I'm going to get married to this person. So if you have sex during your betrothal period, it's like having adultery. So it's like being married, you just haven't had the ceremony and done the deed yet. And so Mary is betrothed, all of a sudden, Mary gets pregnant. Uh, you all know that it's no accident that we get pregnant, right? Everybody understands that pretty clearly. And so Joseph is here, and he finds out that the woman he's betrothed to gets pregnant. And so that means that that's a very negative connotation on her. So the text says that being a just man, he resolved to act in a certain way. Now this word just here is also the word that, uh, that means righteous. So he, be, Joseph, because he was a just or a righteous guy, he acted in a certain way. His faith led him to live righteously. Now this justice, righteousness, means to choose to do what is fitting and right in the context of our relationships and our society generally. It's where we fulfill our rightful obligations to God and to people. So righteousness is about our behavior in the context of our relationships. It's right and proper behavior in the context of relationship. And this was the kind of righteousness that Joseph lived by. His faith led him to live righteously. And if we have faith in this way, we will live righteously. One of the ways to challenge, to test your own faith is to say, how am I living? You know, if you're, if you're doing whatever you want to do, if you're choosing to act in ways that are destructive to relationships rather than ways that build relationships, you can't say that you're a person of faith. But if you're seeking to have healthy relationships with others and with God and to do things that are promoting those healthy relationships, then that's an indicator of faith. And so we need that kind of faith. But notice what else happened here. The faith of Joseph led him to refuse to shame Mary. 
And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about shame. But Joseph chose not to shame as part of his righteousness, but he refused to put shame on Mary. He could have exposed her. He could have shamed her. He could have rejected her. But he refused to do that, not because he thought she deserved it. Because initially, in his mind, she would have deserved unrighteous treatment. But he chose not to shame her because it was an act of faith. In other words, he was accepting Mary in her situation, accepting her, choosing to love her, even though he thought at that time he couldn't continue to be with her because of the thing that she had done. And so it's important to understand that if we're living by faith, we will not use shame as a weapon against other people. We won't want to expose their sin. We won't want to expose their wrongdoing. We will want to love them and protect them and honor them, just like Joseph did. And then you see the third thing. Joseph's faith led him to act quietly, without a lot of fanfare and without drawing attention to himself. Notice what the text says. He resolves to divorce her quietly. Not only is he not going to shame her, he's not going to make a public situation of divorce. Now, back in the day, what you could do if you wanted to divorce your spouse, all you had to do was go out in public and say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, and then your spouse was divorced. And she didn't have much say in the matter. So Joseph, clearly, he could have gone out publicly, which was normally what would have happened, and said, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. But because he was living by faith, he chose to deal, do what he needed to do quietly. He didn't want to draw attention to himself. He didn't want people to understand how he'd been wounded or how badly he'd been treated. He didn't want people to see how bad, you know, that, that Mary was looking at the time. Instead, as he was living by faith, he chose to live without fanfare, quietly just doing the stuff that God had called him to do. And in the same way, when we have that faith, we live our lives in a way where we just get about the business of being a Christian. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves. We don't want to draw attention to our accomplishments. We simply go about and do the things that God has called us to do and live our lives, and trust God with the rest. And that's exactly what Joseph was doing. That's the kind of faith that he had. Also, the faith of Joseph led him to obey. So what happens here? Joseph says, okay, I'm going to divorce her quietly. I don't want to shame her. I want to, I want to live righteously before God and before other people, and I don't want to harm my betrothed probably because he loved her, but he doesn't want to harm her. He doesn't want to shame her. He's going to divorce her quietly. He goes to sleep that night thinking, okay, i got to deal with this. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to him. And the angel appears to him in the dream and says, Joseph, do not be afraid to marry Mary because what's in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to call this guy Jesus this little guy Jesus, Yahshua, Savior, because he will save the people from their sins. And so Joseph, because he was a man of faith, 
I said obedience. I got one more before obedience. Because he was a man of faith, Joseph positioned himself to receive revelation from God. Joseph positioned himself to receive revelation from God. So here he is. He's living quietly. He's doing the best. He's not bringing shame to other people. He's living as a righteous man. And because he's living by faith, he enables himself, he puts himself in a position where he can get this dream from the Lord. And the Lord appears to him in a dream and speaks to him clearly and says, do this thing. This is what you need to do. And as we are living by faith, we too can hear God speak. We believe that God still speaks today. But the only way that you're going to hear God is when you're living by faith. And how do you know if you're living by faith? It's not all the great accomplishments you do. Again, it's living the life that Joseph was living. One that was being lived righteously before God and before others. One that was being lived quietly. One that was refusing to shame other people. One that was determined to treat people a proper way. And because he's living in this way, he can now hear the Lord. And in Joseph's case, the Lord speaks to him in a dream. Now for us, the Lord might speak to us in a number of different ways. I mean, one of the ways that I hear from the Lord, I tend to hear from the Lord in terms of words and sentences and in my mind. Some people get pictures. Uh, some people get visions. Sometimes people are living, listening to my sermons and they get dreams. He pauses for a minute for people to think that through. Uh, you know, there's so many ways that we can get revelation from God, and certainly we get revelation through the Bible. But the key is living by faith. If we're not living by faith, we do not put ourselves in a position to hear from God. And many times I talk to people who are upset because they don't feel like God is speaking to them. They don't feel like they're hearing from God, but often it's because they're not living by faith. And if you're not living by faith, you won't get the revelation that you need when you need it. And notice how it came in this situation just in time. And then because Joseph was living by faith, he chose to obey. The Lord speaks to him. He knows it's an angel comes to him in a dream and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to marry Mary. What does he do? The next day he gets up and that's exactly what he does. He says, okay, Mary, even though you're pregnant, this is what the Lord said to me. And probably Mary is going, whew, oh, I'm so glad he said that to you. Because, I mean, how many times are you going to believe that? You know, you think of a, a young woman comes home and she says, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm pregnant, but hey, don't worry about it. It was, it was the Holy Spirit of God that did it to me. I mean, it would sound as ludicrous in Mary's day as it does in our day. It wouldn't have sounded any better back then than it does today, and that is the truth. That is the reality. And Joseph, because he was living by faith, he was choosing to trust and act based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways. He was not afraid to marry Mary, and ultimately then, Joseph's faith led him to Jesus. And this is the thing. Any person who is really living by faith, this kind of faith, this choosing to trust 
and act based on a true knowledge of God and his ways, it cannot help but lead you to Jesus. Every person living by this faith will find Jesus. Every person living by faith will ultimately be confronted by this Jesus. Because Jesus is the outworking of that faith. And Jesus ultimately is the final faith object, uh, the ultimate faith object. And it's only through Jesus, through faith in Jesus, that we have a true knowledge of God and God's ways. And the stunning thing about the life of Joseph is that even though he is an unsung hero in terms of the scriptures, even though we don't read a whole lot about him, about what happened to him, and we certainly don't know what happened to him uh, later on in the scriptures. We can have conjectures, but we don't know. He, he was there. He was there for a season. He was there for a few years, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And there are not a lot of verses about him, and there are not a lot of words about him, and, and we have very few Christmas songs focused on Joseph. But in spite of this, Joseph as a man living by faith every single day changed the world. Joseph as a man living by faith every single day is the one who made the difference in the outcome of the Christmas story. Joseph as a man living by faith is the one to whom in part we can attribute the fact that we know Jesus, we love Jesus, we're saved by Jesus, and we have an eternal future with Jesus Christ. It all happened because of this man just going about his life and doing the basic things by faith that we do, living righteously, living quietly, doing the stuff that God puts in before us to do, being ready to receive revelation and when God gives us the revelation and he gives us a command we simply step forward in obedience and Joseph living by this kind of faith changed the world and you living by the faith of a man like Joseph living by faith will change the world and think about Joseph He didn't know the outcome of his faith in his lifetime. He saw a little bit of it. He saw it unfold, but he didn't see the fullness of the impact of his faith in his lifetime, yet his faith changed the world. And you might not see the full impact of your faith in your lifetime, but just like Joseph, you living by faith day by day by day in the way that Joseph lived by faith are a person who is changing the world. But only if your faith now is in Jesus Christ. It's not just living by faith that changes the world, because everybody lives by faith. But it's living by faith, choosing to trust and act, often beyond your natural abilities, based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways, founded in relationship with God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. That faith 
is the kind that changes the world. And that faith, if you're a Christian, is the kind operating in your life. And if you're not a Christian, if you have not really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, I have faith in you and I want a relationship with God through you, forgive my sins and lead my life. If you've not done that, today is the day to do it. Today is the day to do it. And if you have made that commitment, today is the day to say, Jesus, I will step forward and live my life by faith. I choose to live my life by faith. And in so doing, God will use you to change the world. I'm going to pray here in a moment. And if you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, I invite you to pray. I'll say a prayer and you can repeat after me in your heart uh, this prayer and commit yourself, surrender yourself to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you now to lead my life. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I might live by faith in you. I give you all that I am. And I trust you. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for us all that you'd enable us to live by faith as Joseph lived by faith. Every step of the way, Lord, to live righteous lives, to live just steadfastly before you, to be ready to hear you when you speak and to obey you when you command. Help us to know Jesus more and more and more. And help us to live our lives more effectively by faith every single day. For we love you and we praise you and we worship you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.